Hello and welcome to Innovate This, a show that looks at all things DocuWare and document management. Each episode will bring you news of exciting developments as well as looking at specific areas or functions of DocuWare and how they can be utilised to streamline your business and help you on your digital journey. And welcome to episode number four of Innovate This. Hopefully you enjoyed the last one and my thanks go to everyone who took the time to contact us with feedback and suggestions for future guests or topics to cover. I'm really excited about this episode because today I'm going to be talking with an expert and leader in the field of business transformation, the incomparable and erudite Sumit D. Summit is UK Head of Consulting for Topdesk, who provide industry-leading enterprise service management software that lets your service teams join forces and process requests from a single platform. So without further ado, I'm your host, Sean Turner, and you're listening to Innovate This. summarize it is I'm, I'm an individual who has an affinity for technology since I, th- I think it's part of my DNA um, and in all honesty I'm passionate about about enabling change right like I see myself and everything that I try and do is to be that enabler and that catalyst in in environments where change is happening regardless of whether you want it or not um, it needs to happen so if anything let's try and make order out of the chaos. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's really what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's what I'm super passionate about. And I think, so my, my background was, is aerospace engineering. My, my head works very much like an engineer, but in all honesty, so my, my dream up until like I was 18, what I was trying to work towards was become an RAF pilot. For the first time it was, I was told, oh, your height is actually a problem in a bad way because I'm I'm 6'4 so that's 193 um, centimeters and I had a guy look at me and said sorry you're too tall and um, that was like one milestone in life where it's like right okay assume it you've got to adapt now right you've got to figure it out so I thought okay can't fly them let me let me look to build them so that's why I started studying aerospace engineering looked really into like the more kind of supersonic hypersonic fields that was mm. where i was seeing a lot of the innovation um a lot of the game changing happening um but over time and i did i did some bits in for um in in industry and tried to really figure it out is this is this me over time the biggest thing i found was okay we are making a change we are innovating We're, we are developing here but I didn't feel the connection to the people we were trying to help. I did, right? For me, I didn't get that overall reward that we were really solving problems for people that problem, it was impacting them in a positive way, right? And I say that that doesn't mean that that industry is uh, not helping. 100% it is. For my personal motivation, I needed to be closer to those that we were trying to um, trying to help, right? Sure, sure. Um, I think that brings me on to how I came across where I currently am at Top Desk. Um, currently, uh, 
you know, I was looking for different fields up until that point. I, like main career was in sales. That was my bread and butter, um, mainly because it was, you know, a very quick, dynamic environment. It gives you time to also figure things out. Right. It's, yeah. It's also people centric as well, isn't it? Correct and, you, correct. and you're a people person, clearly. That's it. And if you want to understand people's problems, believe me, in a sales role, you have a great opportunity to really get into that. Right. Mm. And um, so I came across Top Desk originally from a sales perspective. But then at the time in the UK, they were develop growing a lot in the UK operation. And I got an opportunity to get very early on into their consultancy wing. And that pretty much took me from there in terms of like my my career time mm. uh, at Top Desk. I spent the next few years really developing myself as a consultant in the digital transformation space. You know, every client was a whole new box of ideas and opportunities, uh, regardless of the kind of complexity they were in. You know, you you really got that frontline exposure to what's going on in the world, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. Across a whole layer of different complex environments, geographically, culturally, politically, environmentally, um, you name it, it, it's there in that space, right? And I think likewise for yourself, that there's a huge motivation about why we're in the digital transformation space. For the audience listening, you know, the word innovation and digital transformation go hand in hand. And in more recent years, uh, I got the opportunity to step up to lead the the consultancy division for the UK, and that's really where then, while you can, I hundred percent believe you can be a leader without having the do- job title, right? Mm-hmm. It's very much like an intrinsic driver, I think, in people that have it. But when you do then have those kind of opportunities, that's when you haven't you have a responsibility to step it up, right? Um, And I think that whole vision and impact that go hand in hand as being the kind of like byproduct of a leader, um, that's really what I've tried to be, tried to focus on. So to take our team, to take our people as being those guides in digital transformation and supporting and guiding the clients that we work with in what can sometimes seem a very complex environment Mm. but in reality if you get the key ingredients right it does not have to be that difficult you know you know in the in the lead up to this you and i have had some chats about you know things like lockheed martin skunk works and that whole mentality of just being that kind of innovation cycle right Mm. and if for those of people who know about skunk works or the history behind it like the original founders of that entity within Lockheed had the KISS rule, right? Keep it simple, stupid, right? And people misinterpret that stupid bit at the end. They don't mean as in like, oh, if you can't figure it out, you're stupid. That's not the case at all. It's about keeping it so simple that absolutely anyone can jump onto it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if you use that as like a core ethos behind what you do, yes, not everything can be simplified to the point where you can just write it on a piece of paper and anyone pick it up. But believe me, you make it so much easier for success mm. by just like demystifying 
an industry and an approach that can quite often be just overcomplicated for no reason whatsoever right sure you, you take away the layers that the, and the perceptions around those layers and get to the to the nucleus of exactly. the change or the or, or, or what you're trying to achieve and people can unify around something that they can understand uh, that's quite straightforward and then you can build that back out from there carrying exactly. them with you and and letting them pull it pull it pull it forward that's it that's it and those layers like you've described it is spot on mm. because quite often what fails to happen is you assume that that layer that you're currently addressing is the core of the problem right and especially in the digital space because depending on what your requirements are what your needs are the technology around you the pace of what those specific technology suites are developing at yeah it can very easily feel like oh right I think I'm looking at the relevant information. I think I know all the up-to-date info, but actually I'm looking completely in the wrong direction, right? Um, I think also in a space where, you know, you have got those people who are 100% genuine, you know, they have an affinity for tech people, but you also have a space where people are coming because it's like the buzz, it's the hype. Yeah. It's almost like a little bit of a social media-esque Let's jump on because tech is hot. Oh, I want to work in the same space as a Google, as a Facebook, as an Amazon. Um, and that kind of adds, it adds a um, another layer, shall we put mm. it, to the whole to the whole thing, right? Um, I think it's as simple as this. What at a, at a raw effort, what we're trying to do is make make positive change, make purposeful change. Um, and do it by giving people opportunities to enable technology rather than technology be seen as the silver bullet solution. Mm. And then what can happen is people never really get to the core problems because they fall short. Right? For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, a bit of background on me, a bit of background on my motivations and also a little bit on like the kind of industry that we're in mm. it, it, we we have a um a saying here when we for, for us technology is primarily about people you know we we don't want people to bend to the technology we want the technology to serve and empower the people whether they are uh, accounts clerks processing or whether they're ceos it's about empowering them to realize more potential and if that means taking away some of the the communication challenges that are inherent in the structure of the organization or the way that information flows around the business it, it isn't about removing people it's about empowering them and 100%. and that and, and we you know we will go on to talk a bit about culture but that's so important um and in a way uh, realigning or 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 developing the right culture nurturing the right culture in an organization is more important than just laying on technologies you say to solve problems because you're still going to have the cultural impact uh underpinning uh, any any sort of drag on technology, any uh, holding back any success, and you know you're you're absolutely right. We, we've talked about this before. It's about the right culture. One of the things I wrote down when you were talking early on was about the freedom to fail as well. In you know as an organisation, it's about allowing people 
to to not think that success is the only option you know right. we label failure and success are two opposites but they're not for us it's not failure it's falling I, I think Simon Sinek said it well you know it, it's about falling getting up it's not about failing oh well I got that wrong it's okay what do we do now how do we how do we make sure that that doesn't happen again how do we and it's that culture enables transformation to happen as well definitely definitely people I have think- permission don't they they have permission hundred percent and I think for those that embody that and empower that as well they also need to emphasize that there's an accountability to fail as well mm. right you have to take the responsibility of it as well and in all honesty if you do believe me it's one of the biggest growth opportunities anyone will ever have mm-hmm. right sure. I, I I have an endless list of failures that have then led to successes and more often than not, you have more failures than you have successes. But those successes are the game changers that take you to that next level. Mm. Right. But they all come hand in hand. And I think yeah. that that's a huge part for sure. Um, and it's how we view those falling downs. It's how we view those, not right. just as failures, but as opportunities for success. Right. You know, they're building blocks, aren't they? That That's what it has to be. You know, you, as, as you rightly say, you can have hundreds of failures, but actually they lead to a success. And why do they lead to that success? Because of a mindset, because of a mentality. And that does that that's in people. And it's also in organizations. Those that sort of in as you I mean, you've talked about DNA. It's about that DNA, that culture of creativity, innovation and freedom to fall. For sure, for sure, definitely. Mm. And it's it's an essential ingredient, right? It'd mm. be like trying to say to someone, right, okay, I want you to make, you know, banana pancakes without any bananas, right? Like, no, it's a core part of it has to be there. It's not an option. Yeah, um, absolutely. So people, organizations, I think, really need to embody that as a fact of the world we live in. Mm. even more so now because technology is becoming so embedded in absolutely everything we do that the the culture that underpins that needs to be nurtured and and it needs to to enable and empower people you know as we said about I I think a big thing we also have lost sight of and need to uh, bring back to the table is educate we Mm -hmm. need to educate right and it's more than simply just saying let's deliver training um, and I, I, I always use the example of, OK, you give someone a smartphone, doesn't necessarily make them any smarter if they don't know what it adds to them. Right. And you and I, you know, we talk a lot about how health and exercise are working out is a big part of our routines. I use simple example. Right. If I give someone a Fitbit or I give someone like a, a, a health tracker or something like that does not automatically mean that they become a healthier person or that they're just going to do better because I gave them a piece of technology, right? It's this education or educating mentality and drive, which also I think leads to that infinite learning mentality, educating in this transformation, right? Um, It's all well and good making plans. It's all well and good executing a strategy. But as part of that, you have to educate people in what that new normal looks like. What does that new reality look like? How is doing X going to help me, help you, help the team? And I think that's something over time, for one reason or another, has kind of taken a back seat or just been lost as part of the the the, the big picture. Um, I think that's a big focal point that we need to bring back to the table, right? Mm. As we 
live and breathe these transformations, as we live and breathe a change environment, especially for those that consider themselves the innovators and the early adopters, they have a responsibility to also educate those in what that new normal looks like, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's definitely a big part that we need to bring back to the table. And it, as, you've, as you've alluded to, it's not something that generally people think about or consider is, as you rightly say, they look at education and think, we'll do a course, we'll do a course. But actually, there's a, there's more. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like a family sort of, you, you know, you're educating them in the ways of how things grow, how things change and bringing them along with it rather than just saying, yeah, you can follow that course and do that, and then you've learned that, and great, you've got a, a certificate that says you're a manager or a leader. Fantastic, well yeah. done. Yeah, and that that's not what we're about, and and I think that that is kind of the next evolution of what we need to do as technology uh, innovators and as transformation companies. We need to help our clients and our client partners do that internally because you know that is maybe not something that they can that they have experience of doing. So yeah. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. So we're gonna. I just want to drill down a bit on um, specifically what you do. And um, first of all, what type of organisations do you think could get value from digital transformation? Specifically about myself in my role at Top Desk and what Top yeah. Desk does as an organisation. So we are a platform provider. We provide the Top Desk platform. Um, essentially, the Top Desk platform is a service management software that allows any part of the business to connect in its service delivery. So um, for those of uh, the audience in IT, they would look at this as their service desk software yeah. or the help desk platform. In the wider organization, essentially, we'd look at ourselves as an enterprise service platform. Yeah. So we are connecting the backbone of the business in order to make as efficient as possible the service delivery of that business. Because really and truly, that is pretty much what any department or any organization is doing. That's what they're focused on. Yeah, they're focused towards the end goal. And Correct. you bring your 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 software essentially brings multiple teams across organizations and it unifies them in the single purpose of delivering uh, to the customer service exactly. to the customer. Yeah. Exactly. My team specifically are very much the the guiding element of that. Um, you know, on paper we're consultants. In the real world, we're that kind of trusted advisor um, guiding them on that journey. Uh, I, I often tell the team where the uh, the Yoda to the Luke, right? Like they are the center stage. They're the they're the main star of the show. Right. Um, uh, but we're there to guide them and give them the wisdom and direction, not only from the platform perspective, but also, as we mentioned, from that education perspective, from helping them learn from the other organizations that we work with, why should they be limited to the specific knowledge that they have if they're bringing sure. someone like us on board? Mm -hmm. um, our, our sweet spot clientele, really and truly, I think in the digital transformation space, you've got a couple of tiers that, are, that, that exist right now, or maybe about two or three tiers. You've got those that are kind of the pre-transformation adopters. They've been doing X, Y, and Z for a certain period of time, maybe still living with the Excel spreadsheets or, um, you know, in some cases yeah. still living on email and pen and paper, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now really and truly after the last 15, 16 months, 
it's time for them to graduate. So you've got that segment of um, the, the industry that is ready to step it up into that early transformation of the digital space, um, both from a technological point of view, but also I think from a process and efficiency point of view, right? Time is up. There's no excuse for not doing it. It's time to step into this arena. And that's really the kind of like early learning element where you've got to guide them, show them the problems, help them break it down and understand that. The second layer is kind of right. We need to kind of find that next level. We've very much been like going with the flow, copying what others do. And I think that's been an atypical byproduct of the copy and paste mentality in digital transformation. Oh, we saw another organization do this. We haven't had any look if their requirements match our requirements, but they had successes. So let's just copy and paste what they did, which, as we know it, it doesn't work um, in the long run. You miss things out. There's that mismatch of uh, best fit. And in in the end, it kind of leads to disappointment Mm. and us having to go back to the drawing board. But I think there's that middle layer. We've done stuff. We've kind of been following the crowd. But really and truly now we need to have that time to reflect on where we're at as an organization. What do we need Mm -hmm. and mature to the next level? I'd say the vast majority of organizations are going to go through that for for the next few years. Right. Um, The pandemic alongside just the technology world in general has put everyone on the spotlight for those early learning elements like yeah everyone's got to accept they've got to go through it it's no longer an option but what you will see then is that bit can actually be dealt with pretty quickly that change can happen overnight if you really want to and you've got the right people and uh, partners in that equation but then it's that kind of maturity step where you start really taking the time to reflect on your needs your growth your goals that doesn't happen overnight because You've got to step away from the firefighting. You've got to step away from the day to day and really like look at the bigger picture. And that that takes a bit of time. So I think that's a huge part of what we're going to see in the next few years. Organizations living and breathing that kind of Mm. digital transformation or even transforming digital to work for them is probably more accurate way of putting it. And it's quite a, it's sorry it's quite a scary scary um thought as well organizationally that whole reflective practice element of okay we, we you know we've done that bit but but it's not just like how do we do it it's why do we do what we do Correct. what are the outcomes what are the impacts and actually where do we want to be in x number of years Correct. how uh, streamlined do we want to be and you know what are those bad practices that we have sort of evolved into or those practices that aren't optimal how do we devolve those because we don't want to amplify those in our digital processes and i mean it is we, we see it it's quite a scary process indeed Sorry, and i think that goes hand in hand with what you said earlier about that fear of failing right in fact needing to become an acceptance of failing and if anything an enjoyment of failing right Because when you take those reflective moments and you sometimes see some stuff that you don't like, that can feel like that failure coming really and hitting you hard, right? But if anything, you first have to identify it to be able to solve it. So it's only the beginning journey of something far greater if you're willing to make the time and and brave it out uh, in the forefront. 
Very much so. And, and it's the worry of what you might uncover that you didn't know you didn't know. Exactly. It's that, it's that unknown exactly. unknown. And um, I think really and truly, like, yeah, just the spotlights everywhere now. So at one point or another, you've just got to kind of kind of go for it. But also know, firstly, you're not the only one that needs to do it. You haven't been the first one that's had to do it. And there are good people, organizations and partners around that will truly help you on that journey. You just got to put your hand out. And I think that's a big part. You, you sure. really need to want to help yourself to allow others to be able to help you from personal or a professional perspective. And that goes for any type of organization, uh, regardless of how big or what industry they're in. Yeah. And finally, on that on that layer, you've got that upper layer, which is really trying to innovate. Yeah. Right. Um, they don't have to be technology vendors. They can be organizations that simply identify that they really need to innovate for technology to be able to help them or even sometimes dictate where the technology needs to go to support not only them, but also support future generations of business because they're looking to lay that benchmark. Right. And yes, we've seen it massively in the tech, uh, in the tech space. You know, people don't say, oh, hey, Sean, look on a search engine. How about you search for that? It's like, oh, Sean, Google it. Right. Mm. Um, I say to so many people, send me a WhatsApp. Right. I don't turn around and say, send me an instant message. You know, no. and, and we it's, see it more and more. The verb, it's the verbing of certain things, isn't it, as well? Those. Um, and and that feeds into, um, I guess, the, the culture. I mean, how how important is culture in business transformation i mean i think we know the answer to this but just explain really if you would how important it is um let, let, let's put it this way in any business transformation digital transformation organizational you've got you've got the paperwork you've got the people and the ecosystem but then you've got the glue that connects everything together right and that kind of energy that drives everything forward. And that, those are the two kind of things that I want to emphasize is energy and glue. Right. Um, or, or if you want to make it a little bit more tangible, think of a really complex clockwork mechanism. Right. It's a culmination of thousands of parts. That invisible kind of glue that's bringing it all together essentially boils down to culture. Right. Yep. Um, it's a very broad term. There's an infinite number of characteristics you can have to any given culture. And that really depends on what organization you're in, what you're trying to do, what are your goals. But first identifying that and we can call it core values. I think it goes a little bit beyond just simply saying we have some core values. It's what that those values drive in terms of habits yeah, how they how they manifest themselves exactly. across every experiential element of your organization. Exactly. It's far more than you talking the talk. It's the reality of you walking the walk that embodies what your culture is. And I think as we talked about, like that culture of change, if you reverse engineer that, that highlights to you the values that you really need to embody either as a professional or as an entire organization. Mm. And w when you look at that equation and really break it down to say, okay, what do we need versus what do we actually do right now? 
you then see if there's a real mismatch or not, yeah. right? It's it's the disparity between your theory of practice and your actual practice. You know, the the gap between the rubber and the road. Definitely, definitely. And I think really and truly that's where then culture no longer becomes an excuse, but it becomes the kind of key identifier of where you're at versus where you want to be in, in any given stage of, of the business. Uh, and it's worth, I guess, as an organization undertaking this sort of honest cultural analysis before almost you embark on your journey of digital transformation in a great shape. As you say, you can put the, the, the basics in, but the, the, the reality is for change to succeed and drive a business forward in a positive way, you need to have the underlying DNA in place to allow that to to, to grow and evolve in a positive way, don't you? Correct. Correct. And I think like if we boil it down, because, again, like I said, like culture is a very broad term. There's an infinite number of characteristics you can apply. But if we if we really focus in on digital transformation or a transformation environment, a change environment, for me, a couple of the key components that your culture needs to embody. Firstly, I think we've, the audience knows for sure is that willingness to fail, because that only will truly take you to having turned over every stone looked under every leaf um i think secondly is is candor and it's more Mm. than honesty it's more than transparency it's just being a straight shooter because you don't want to overcomplicate an environment that doesn't need to be overcomplicated and i'm sure people are listening to this being like oh yeah 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 for sure but again it's that reflection point You guys may agree with what we're saying and you understand the logic and the benefit behind it but you've got to reflect on are we actually walking the walk when it then comes to that right yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a huge component of it because that then helps minimize people feeling in the unknown and that's a huge fuel to fear of change mm. the unknown right yeah the more it doesn't have to be certainty, but the more clarity you can create for people and also help them acknowledge and identify, OK, here's what we do know. But at the same time, we still don't know about X, Y, Z, but we're doing something about it to find that out. And that's really where we're at. So we know we don't have all the answers, but we're doing these things. We're taking these approaches to figure them out. That every time will help alleviate so much of the fear of change. And it brings that coalescing, doesn't it, around, okay, um, we we are literally, we are a team doing this. And and team, we know that teamwork, you know, breeds innovation and creativity anyway. And and it's that ownership, not just of this little bit, but owning the destination. Exactly. And And on that journey towards it as well, like half Mm -hmm. the time, people can... Be under the assumption, oh, I don't know something. I have a question, but I assume someone has to know the answer to it. And in the reality of the situation is in that midst of what can be chaotic, it may just be a case. Well, no one has the answer, but you've got the people around you that can come together to figure that answer out and take that next step. And I think that element really to simplify it for me comes down to candor because that then has 
infinite knock-on effect in that change journey in that transformation journey um yeah. and not to say that's a exact science those aren't the silver bullets but for me in my experience that's always a couple of the key elements that i think a go missing but b also generally lead to massive successes if they're involved yeah and missing those out you're kind of missing a big chunk of the narrative of the transformation story from beginning to end Um, and and that kind of leads on so as the opposite to sort of candor i don't know what the opposite is but essentially that the lack of candor is i guess a common barrier from your is something you 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 see and perhaps have to combat a lot or is it yeah definitely i think um that kind of clouded view should we say right Mm. um that clouded fog that can can often be a blocker i think comes from two elements first of all is the lack of accountability to fail as i mentioned before because people never want to show their failures and that's a very generalized way of saying it but that fear which is no longer the fear to fail but it's the fear to acknowledge failure that fear gets in the way because it creates this kind of mist yeah um and the second one is this fragmented ecosystem right silos organizational silos that purely exist because people think that they're alone or people think that actually that group within the business don't understand what i'm going to do or trying to do and rather than try and communicate with them we're just going to kind of focus on our little piece of the puzzle i think those two things in combination really are the opposite towards the culture you need to really create successful digital transformation fragmentation and that kind of fear to acknowledge failure or fear to experiment or innovate those two really go hand in hand and you know at the click of a finger it can create uh, that chaos environment that really never mm. leads us to the to, to unearthing the real problem in the first place yeah and i guess uh, as well i mean we 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 both experienced this before where you you go you know you can look at an organization you can talk to people and what you realize is for want of a better word you've got empires within a kingdom rather than just like we're all for this kingdom of this business we're all we're all moving forward we're just actually what we're doing is just protecting our own little area exactly and and that's kind of that can sometimes be an evolved cultural element. It can have grown up often sort of without people noticing it. But part of the reflective process is suddenly going, but hang on, where does this exist? Why does this exist? How do we combat that? And part of that is, as you you know, for example, bringing in a unified platform of communication and service because it, re, it, it rejoins people around the idea we are serving our customers we are providing as a whole whether you're in accounts whether you're in it whether you're in the warehouse it doesn't matter we are all literally on the same side correct we're all working towards the same thing absolutely right like we're not separate entities with rivalry to each other our customer is your customer the people we're trying to serve are the people you're trying to serve or in some cases i'm trying to serve you so that you're able to serve our wider customer better right we are all part of this ecosystem. And I think this is a big thing that, that the world needs to acknowledge. We are an ecosystem, right? Mm. There are those critical relationships that exist that if they're not nurtured, if they're not acknowledged and made as as powerful as possible, it will cause an impact further down the line. For sure. Um, I, I think that's a huge part that technology is helping, 
at the same time, it can, again, not be the correct solution depending on what needs that specific relationship has. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like harnessing the atom. You can either use it for great good, or it can be very destructive, accidentally or otherwise. And it exactly. and it is about is about understanding. It. And what about like the future for change management? You've talked about the challenges that businesses are going to face, the inevitability of digital transformation. What um, what does the future hold for um, change management and um, enterprise service management in particular? I think really and truly where we're at right now industry needs to take that reflective moment and they need to acknowledge well what is the core of the problems we're trying to solve not only just acknowledge them but take responsibility for them it's all well and good if the industry is buzzing about employee experience customer experience but really and truly if you as a business take that reflective moment and you see well i really need to sort out some of these efficiencies i really need to sort out some of these hemorrhaging costs because of technology's duplication. You know what? In the short term, if that's what you need to solve, that's what you need to solve. So I think in the short term, that's really industry needs to take that reflective moment and look at where they are right now. Because regardless of what horizon you paint, on any given day, you're going to have a starting line and you need to know what that looks like, right? I think the second part is vision and mission has got to come back to the table as like the forefront of what we're working towards. Goals have a timeline against them. What we do has a timeline against it. How we do it has a timeline against it. Why we do it. As you mentioned about, you know, one of the great Simon Sinek, Mm. why we do it has got to be the fuel that drives us going forward. And I think that's really got to come back to the table and be evaluated again for well why are we doing all of this mm, sure. okay. um i think those two components that really has a huge impact on what the future holds uh for positive change and purposeful change um in industry from an esm from an enterprise perspective i think from the the partners and the suppliers and the enablers in esm it's really a case of a making sure that you can really explain what part of the puzzle you can add value to regardless of how diverse or how specific it is but the easier you're able to communicate that the easier it is for others to acknowledge where there's still gaps that need to be filled for those that work in an advisory capacity i think it's got to be two things what's the big picture and also really encourage this mentality of think big but start small Uh, whereas the old way is like think small but act big. Let's go back to a really tangible example. You, both you and I do on a regular basis. We work out, right? We do it pretty much, you know, four, five, six times a week. Um, it's a regular part of our routine, but that consistent small steps is where we get the long-term benefit, right? If you and I turned around and started only doing like one workout a week or even one a month, even if it was for five, six hours, we're not going to get that progression. We're not going to get that change, right? Um, a friend of mine is a dentist, and he gave me a really tangible example. I don't tell patients to brush for six hours once a week. I tell them to brush for two to three minutes twice a day. Those small steps lead to that continuous uh, benefit and that continuous improvement, right? And I think that's really got to be um, something that those that are leading change, especially in the ESM environment, acknowledge think big 
but keep taking those small consistent steps and that's where we get success right and um mm. yeah, yeah we're all on. on the same team uh, and, it, and it all comes back to as as you pointed out before it all comes back to culture and the, and the and the thing that you were talking about um in terms of being reflective not only at an organizational level but senior leadership and then all the way down to the individual how we view our role in life in 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 our organization what part we play also you know what 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 are we already empowered to do everybody can be creative everybody can be innovative everybody can have these ideas and often those aren't shared because of fear and 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 you know we've got to we've got to change that idea of fear you know we we've got to empower people to speak up and and express their creativity you've got to create an understandable narrative around the desire to change. You know, why are we doing it? Like you say, why? But that's got to be understandable at so many different levels. And, you know, you can go into any organization, they've got our ethos, we've got our aims and objectives. But actually, unless you can sit down and explain that to someone in ways that don't involve those big words, just what is it for real? Really, what does it really mean? Um, Does it give you more time? Does it make you happier? Does it give you less stress? Does it help you feel more connected? These are the things that that are the core um, answers that we want to kind of hear, right? Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And and, and every and every organisation, every part of every organisation, you know, we 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 see this with our client partners. Typically, we go in and we talk about AP and we help them streamline and understand their AP. Where do documents move? But what do they do with the data? What happens to that data that becomes information? How does it become knowledge? How does it become wisdom? And actually to think beyond, well, I just post this invoice. Actually, no, what you're doing is you're creating value uh, beyond that document. And it's getting them to understand that, as you rightly say, in this big clock, they are a very, very important part. And actually the information they have, the knowledge, the wisdom, it, it all gathers pace and how as an organization they can harness that and they can only do it through encouraging and empowering the people who are doing that work. Correct. Correct. There's a there's a richness, a rich gold vein in 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 any organization. And it's about mining that and actually bringing it to bear on the future of the organization. I, I feel like there's definitely going to be a part two to our organization, our conversation. Definitely another, uh, another segment, uh, because, you know, we've, we've really only touched the surface on this. And um, I really appreciate your time. We're kind of coming towards the end of our sort of slot here. But um, I've got a few questions for you, if you wouldn't mind. Sure, just, I sure. like I like to do I like to do this at the end, really, just to just to just to give people a bit of a wind down whilst they're thinking about everything that you've talked about. So if someone was to make a film of your life, who would play you? Great one. I think Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Uh, for those of you that don't know him, I think if you've watched the recent Star Wars, is Poe Dameron. Oh, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Does you know what? You know a little what? bit like he looks a little bit like Juan Pablo Montoya. But go on. But I think just his character, <laughs> little, personality, yeah. very much reflects yeah. the kind of he's all. You know, his characters are always asking why. Why are we doing this? Are we doing this for the right reason? There's there's that little bit of edge to him as well, which I think you've got to have if you're going to embrace that uh, that, that um, change environment to fail. You have to also be you can't be all uh, light is shining. Everything's good. You've got to have that edge to you to be able to rough it out in in those uh, environments. Yeah. So I think he'd be a great um, 
uh, person to play me for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, to be fair, you're probably closer to Chewbacca's height than than his, <laughs> aren't you? Let's let's be honest. But no, he's, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. I can I can relate to that. Well, not me, obviously. A little bit um, of CGI, <laughs> a little bit of CGI, and it's all good. <laughs> it is. That's the answer to everything, isn't it? The That's filter. It. It's it. the answer to everything. Um. So obviously you're you're quite a learned person. You're quite well read. What's a book that has had the most influence on you? It can be any book at all. It doesn't have to be business based. Um, I'd say start with why. Uh, we go back to Simon Sinek. It's ah, his original piece. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen, I mean, a real easy thing to kind of get into is uh, his TED talk about the golden circle. Yeah. Uh, it's it's six minutes that will open up your mind, and then in, in I'd recommend all his books, but that for me was a huge. Oh, it's uh, a brilliant book, isn't it? Yeah. Huge starting point for sure. Yeah. Uh, both in my personal and professional career, and I think. When you realize the importance of making the effort to reflect on that that starting question, why are we doing this? Um, it's a complete game changer. So yeah, oh yeah, and he is he is just so he's so insightful. I I, I haven't come across anything he said that I, a I haven't disagreed haven't agreed with or that I haven't gone that is just quite profound really, but in an obvious way. Definitely, yeah. and I, I think there's a great there's a great thing he said in an interview a couple of years back which was because I know all of this and I understand it doesn't mean we still don't make those mistakes. Mm. It doesn't mean my organization doesn't still run into the same hurdles you do. We just acknowledge the importance and the need to hit hit them and do something about it. I think that was beautiful. That for me is uh, just reaffirms why uh, so much of what he says, writes and does it just resonates doesn't it exactly. it really does exactly. yeah I'll, I'll link to i'll link to these things in the show notes because it's definitely definitely if if, if people haven't come across uh, simon before definitely worth 100%. delving into so oh, and it, his original it, it, stuff is still as valid today as the mm. stuff he's saying um to, today mm. itself like it all all of that i think is if not more important now than it had been uh beforehand yeah. and he's a thoroughly nice guy as well he's yeah. very likable yeah, 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 isn't yeah. he yeah, yeah, he's really a person trying to help people. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so if you had to pick one quote or one statement that you try to live by, sure. what would that be? So um, for those of you that are are a sports fan or not, have seen Netflix The Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan said a statement on there: "Why should I worry about losing a game I haven't played yet?" And that goes back to that fear of failure. While it's a recent quote, it's something in my mind I've always thought about and really been core to what I've done. Why should I fear about failing without trying? I think Michael puts it in a beautiful way. Why worry about losing a game I haven't played yet? And I think that's a super powerful statement. And if you can embrace that, it it completely changes the way you can have an impact on on the world, the team and the people around you. Listen, um, Sumi, I've really, really enjoyed today. And I, I, it's a pleasure. I really, we definitely want to put another another one in. I've just got a, a couple more things, really, sort of housekeeping. But is there anything that you're working on at the moment in, in the public domain that you want to share? Any sort of any any um, projects you're working on or any speaking engagements you've got lined up or anything that you want to share? For sure. So I think um, for, for the listeners out there, when they're, when they're getting this, we already would have um, had the event, which we're doing this on a Friday. It's next Tuesday, our C2021 event, which is basically about decoding digital transformation for, for the customer experience. 
I think yeah. for um, the listeners looking back, check it out. All the content, the post-show content that we're pushing out, a real source of knowledge from and wisdom from a from a collection of experts in that field. Um, with a little few words from myself as well. <laughs> um, the second thing is where we talked really about what are the problems that need solving? What are the reality of industry? Um, late last year, we published a report called Transforming the Norm. You can find that just by Googling Top Desk Transform the Norm or Transforming the Norm. I'll send you a link as well. Which yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Show notes. And that is uh, a, a real detailed, in-depth look into in the peak of pandemic, in that peak of transformation, what were the real priorities businesses were trying to address? And we look at how can that be solved? How can ESM, enterprise service management, play a part of that? What are the simple fixes and the questions that need a bit more effort? I think that's a real useful bit of information that uh, people can um, dive into. And that's fueling our kind of ongoing work as an organization, um, uh, which, probably next year as well, once things are kind of come to this more balanced new normal, we'll, we'll look to do that again uh, to evaluate what the world looks like in a, in, a, in a more stable environment. Last but by no means least, where can people find you on social media? For sure. I think if you're looking for me, LinkedIn is the place to go. Um, uh, there's all, all anything that I've written or published is on my profile. Um, any ideas, people I recommend or things to check out I post them there so that's the best place to find me I welcome anyone to uh, drop me a message send me a connect request I'm uh, uh, welcome to it and look forward to the conversation we can have brilliant Simit, thank you so much for your time today it's been a really great conversation So that was that. What did you think? I'd love to get your feedback and ideas on what we could cover or who we could chat to in future episodes. If you're interested in coming on to discuss anything DMS or DocuWare related, if you've got any comments on this episode or questions to address in future shows, please email innovatethis at anota.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Anota is a Platinum Certified DocuWare Partner and Integration Specialist. We operate in a wide range of industries delivering game-changing solutions that enable our client partners to streamline processes, unleash team potential and undertake their digital journey with purpose and precision. To find out how we can help your organisation reach its potential, visit our website at www.anota.co.uk Call us on plus four four one one three eight eight seven two four hundred or email info at anota.co.uk. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at anotaltd, facebook.com forward slash anotaltd, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash anota hyphen ltd, and on Instagram at anotaltd. Anota, synchronize your business.